Welcome to the Injury Report. I am your host, Joe Brenner. Today is Saturday, December 24th, Christmas Eve, and I apologize for not having episodes the last couple weeks. Just had to grind out some school stuff, but a lot of fun Jaguar stuff for me to talk about. That Cowboys win was absolutely exhilarating, being down 17 at one point and making that crazy comeback that included Evan Ingram's heroics to get out of bounds with only you know, less than a minute left. The Rayshon Jenkins was just the man. He had two picks, including the one to win it all, and came up a couple times with some big sacks, despite Trevor Lawrence fumbling again, both against the Cowboys late in the game and the Jets on the first drive. Two big wins there. So we're getting ready for NFL Week 15, and the Jaguars control their own destiny right where I want to be. Ryan was 1-5 last week. I don't want any picks from him this week. I think he's trying to settle in now, too, as he's back to 500 overall. And the other thing from last week was funny. was the Vikings-Colts game was historic. It was the biggest comeback of all time, 36, 33 points, I think, for the Colts uh, were up by that many, and the Vikings came back. And then the Browns and Ravens, or the Buffalo-Miami game came down to the wire with a last-second field goal for Buffalo to win that one at home. And then that game in between, I think the Ravens-Browns announcers, if you were listening, they could sense it, that they were just getting the raw end of that Saturday deal because they kept saying, oh, I know it's not the greatest comeback of all time, and blah, 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 and they were just praying for a touchdown because they didn't get one until late. So that was just kind of funny. Moving on to our NFL slate, we already had the Jags and Jets happen. Mike White has three fractured ribs, so that is a little bit more concerning than bruised ribs as far as the pain level. It's going to be about the same, but as far as the potential complications, it's a little worse just because those ribs are no longer really in place and they can move around and they, they protect a lot of your internal organs. Any complication there could slide one way or the other and puncture something you know kidneys are a big deal right on the ribs in the back for a lot of the time lungs right there so those are things that he has to worry about and then Trevor Lawrence we didn't get to talk about this but this was three weeks ago going into the or about halftime of the Lions game he got absolutely folded at the end of the half and he you know they took him off the field didn't know if there was going to be a knee issue it looked like certainly there would be and then at the throughout the game it was ankle and then now he's just dealing with a toe injury so I'm not certain about this but it seems like he does a lot of the same plyometric stuff and muscle lengthening stuff that Tom Brady does where you know a lot of the guys before quarterbacks big bulky guys worried about weight room stuff and just being good athletes and not really absorbing hits and stuff and I think that's kind of how he has been training, which is giving him his ability to take some of these crazy hits and, knock on wood, continue to play. Houston and Tennessee will open up the Saturday slate, which is only in a couple hours where 
Nico Collins is on the IR with an ankle, and then Brandon Cooks is just out with a calf. So they have zero wide receivers right now. They are getting their running back, Damian Pierce, back from an ankle injury, and I need them to beat the Titans so that way the Texans game isn't a big deal for the Jags next week, who haven't beat the Texans since 2017, I want to say. You know, the, one of the worst franchises over the last decade, half decade or so, has the Jaguars have not beaten them despite twice, two chances a year for the past however many, during that whole stretch. So don't want to have to go into that game needing a win, and I would like a big-time win from the Texans if they could help us out. They're, they are going to be playing Malik Willis because Ryan Tannehill is out with an ankle, and he might be without their best wide receiver, Traylon Burks, who's questionable with a hamstring injury. And he's been kind of not underproducing, but he's not been A.J. Brown, and there's been a lot of stuff with that, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind maybe taking a break, and I wouldn't blame him. Detroit and Carolina are also on Saturday where they will be without their guard, Coyote Owasika, who's been really integral to that Lion, that potent Lions offense as of late. They're also going to be without their fullback, Jason Cabina, who's battling an illness, which there has been a lot of illness going around. I think most guys are going to try to play through it. But this guy, and that's, you know, it's just kind of funny because the Lions with Dan Campbell are very – tough guy mentality and fullback is the epitome of tough guy positions and he's going to be missing it with illness so I know that's not an easy thing to play through it's just funny because it's one of the things that is most commonly played through and then PJ Walker is out with an ankle injury and Baker Mayfield's not there uh, Matt Corral is still dealing with the Liz Frank so Sam Darnold is back out there for the Carolina Panthers Buffalo will play at Chicago in a game of cold weather teams in the cold weather. Buffalo's center Mitch Morse is out with a concussion. Defensive end Boogie Basham is also out with a calf strain, so their pass rush is slowly dwindling as they get towards the playoffs, and that was one of the things that might have been a weakness for them last year. For the Bears... Claypool is unlikely to play with knee inflammation, and they will get Khalil Herbert back, so they can't really. And uh, Equiminius St. Brown is also out with a concussion. So two of their weapons on the outside are out. They do have Mooney and Herbert, though. And then they also have cornerback Jalen Johnson out with ribs and finger injuries. So he is not going to suit up either in a game that... Buffalo needs to try and stay ahead in the division. And for the one seed. The Giants are going to Minnesota to play in another two cold-weather teams, but it's in a dome because that's what Minnesota does. Minnesota's pretty healthy. The Giants are going to be without Wandale Robinson, who just had foot surgery. And then both of their guards, Shane Lemieux and Josh Azadu, are out this week, so that offense that has already been kind of interesting to watch with Daniel Jones taking a lot of the running shares and Saquon doing anything to get free with a shaky offensive line. You know, they're beat up on the offensive line and losing a deep threat weapon. So I, I, I like the Vikings to win this one by a lot. Adore Jackson is also out for the Giants with a knee injury and 
I think that this just might be it for New York football for the year. You know, they both started out something like seven and two or whatever that was and playing very well, but not, I don't think, any any longer. I don't think that'll be the case. I think they're both w- working their way as hard as they can out of the thing, even after the Giants had that big win against the Commanders a couple weeks ago. Seattle is going to play Kansas City at Kansas City, another cold, cold, cold game. Uh, Tyler Lockett is out with a broken finger, so he's having surgery on his index finger. We'll probably miss the rest of the regular season. Kenny Walker is expected to play, so that's good news for Seattle, who needs to be able to keep their offense moving behind Geno Smith. And then safety, Ryan Neal is also out with a knee injury, and that is not a good thing for the Seahawks, who will have will, who will have to play against Mecole Hardman, who is, along with MVS, the Chiefs' two deep threats. And then CEH Clyde Edwards-Alaire is also out, and Jarek McKinnon has been absolutely dominating in fantasy football, and I expect him to get another lion's share of the carries and receptions out of the backfield this week. And we were talking, again, this has been kind of a theme this year of the NFC and AFC West, and of all the matchups, you know, I didn't think the Seahawks and Chiefs would be the best one, but other than maybe the Niners, who the Chiefs destroyed, this might, I think, could be a better game and between two potential playoff teams. I like the Seahawks. I think they've been playing well. I like Pete Carroll for as much as he's done to me when he was at USC over the years and the Packers and such, but I like that team. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, just absolute juggernauts. So I think this might be the best of that, what ended up being pitiful matchup of the year. Atlanta and Baltimore are playing in Baltimore, so we're getting the Falcons out of a dome. Marcus Mariota is out with a chronic knee injury, is what they said. So probably a cleanup job. Um, His meniscus might not be all the way there, and there's maybe some arthritis. So he is having surgery. He also just had a kid. But that opens the door for Desmond Ritter this week to take the, the reins. And then running back Caleb Huntley is also out for Atlanta with an Achilles tear. Uh, he's all the way done for the year for sure. For Baltimore, Calais Campbell is out with a knee sprain. He's been wearing a big bulky brace for the past couple weeks, and I think it's the inflammation and swelling is just kind of getting to him. Lamar is still out with a PCL injury. He might be able to come back uh, 17 or 18, but I don't think it'll be this week. And then they also had their best receiver, Duvernay, is out with a fifth metatarsal injury. He'll be having a Jones fracture is what that's called. It's usually when when you're doing a lot of running or training or you increase your weight or you put just a lot more strain on that, that fifth metatarsal, you can feel it kind of on the very outside of your foot. You can feel that bump right where it goes from metatarsal, which are like the long bones in your foot still, not your toes, but right behind your toes. And then you have your tarsals, which are all around your ankle, but you can feel that bump right there. That's your fifth metatarsal. And it just has a lot of support that it gives, whether you're actually putting weight on it or it also has some places where muscles attach. So it gets a lot of stress and applying too much force in the wrong position on it can cause an injury. It's called a Jones 
fracture and Duvernay has one and is out for most likely the rest of the year. New Orleans travels to Cleveland for a very cold weather game. For New Orleans, their linebacker Pete Werner is out with a hamstring. Their running backs Dwayne jo- Dwayne Washington is out with migraine headaches, which that's always scary. You never like to see that for anybody, let alone an athlete in a collision sport. And then Jameis Jarvis and Mike Thomas are all out as well. So who does that leave for the Saints offense? I don't think they should allow Andy Dalton to step back out onto the field. Um, What's his name is also out, Chris Olave. So they don't have any receivers. I think at this point they should just go with Taysom Hill. I, I bumped him into my lineup for a couple positions in my fantasy as I make a run here and there in a couple of my leagues. And I think, you know, why not? They can't throw the ball. It's going to be awful wind. And it might as well just be his time to try to shine, at least. For the Brownies, they are going to be without Jadavian Clowney, who's out with a concussion. And JOK, who I love, is out with a foot injury as well. He's getting assessed to see whether or not he needs surgery. So in this game of the snow and the cold and the wind coming off of Lake Erie, they're going to be without two big, big pieces. However, I do believe Miles Garrett, he's sick. He hasn't been practicing, but he is going to play. So that is big news for the Brownies because they are significantly better when he is on the field, even when he's taking it easy a little bit. The Bengals head to the Patriots who really stink but again who knows with this weather over the next this week especially how that can play into effect the Bengals will be without Hayden Hurst who has a calf injury they might miss CJ Ozoma who has been really good for the Jets despite them kind of falling from grace a little bit it's not really his fault as much as it is I mean Zach Wilson looked awful he looked Awful, and everybody's said it and seen it and heard it, but he dropped back for one, and he had nobody around. He broke out of the pocket and just wound up and threw a ball on, like, second and 15, and it only it was in the air for 45 seconds, went 15 yards, and it ended up just being a jump ball where he had someone, and it was just awful to see. I think that he just needs to change his scenery because I don't think he feels – he can play confidently in New York anymore. Sam Hubbard is also out with a calf strain for the Bengals. And coming off of the amazing loss last week, Jacoby Myers is questionable with a shoulder injury. I don't know if he didn't warm up before he threw the ball to uh, Chandler, Chandler Jones last week to end the game, or if, you know, he might have landed on it elsewhere. Maybe his pride's just hurt, but... He is questionable with a shoulder injury. They will also be without cornerback Jalen Mills, who's out with a groin pull. Again, most likely that adductor Magnus back there in the posterior middle part of your thigh. So like the back, but the medial in between your legs. And then their long snapper, Joe Cardona, is also on the IR. And that is scary for a Patriots team that has had some weird mishaps especially against the Bengals team, who seems to have things go their way a lot. 
a backup long snapper is something you kind of keep an eye on. For Washington and San Francisco, Washington is going to be without tackle Sadiq Charles, who has a concussion. The Niners have Debo Samuel, who's still out with a knee and ankle concussion. I think they might be able to get him back for the playoffs. That's what they're thinking anyway. And then they're also without cornerback Charvarius Ward coming back from a concussion. Not sure what the weather is out like out in San Francisco. I knew it does get pretty cold there, but not overly cold usually. And the Commanders are going to get Chase Young back as well. So after 13 months and so many days, he had an ACL, a patellar, and probably some other stuff going on. But those are the two big ones that he had to have reconstructive surgery on. And as they make their final playoff push, if he can just be just a motor guy because he's got all the the talent and the strength, hopefully he retained most of that. He's got the physical attributes. If he's 90% of the player he was physically and 110% of the player he was with effort, he should be a huge addition to this Washington defense as they try to play one of the tougher teams in football who is going to be without Debo in San Francisco. A big game is the Eagles at the Cowboys, and now the Cowboys need to win. The the Eagles just want to win based on last week's results where the Jaguars beat the Cowboys. Jalen Hurts, who it was originally thought it might be a an AC joint. He is actually hurt his sternoclavicular joint. So remember, we talked about this a little bit with Quinn Ewers. He had it on his non-throwing shoulder, but I don't know if this is, it is his throwing shoulder. So it's a big deal. He, it'll have all the same pain associated with it. It's a little bit more, an AC joint isn't super important for stability. It's more a backup and like the first thing to go if anything happens with your actual shoulder joint this sternoclavicular remember sternum is the middle of your chest clavicular here's your clavicle so that's your collarbone where your collarbone meets your chest that is the sternoclavicular joint and it's the only thing holding your arm it's the only bone joint holding your arm onto your body directly because in the back your scapula glides over your back it doesn't actually articulate with anything so that injury it is a little bit more serious because it's got more responsibility as far as stability and everything and because of where it is in proximity to lungs and a lot of nerves and vasculature if it were to actually go it could cause a lot and lot of damage so it's pretty significant it goes from Potentially, he's not hurt that bad one to two weeks to probably uh, maybe he might not even be 100% for the first week of the playoffs if they secure the bye. So I am interested. To, now, the good thing is this their backup is probably the best one in the league. Gardner Minshew, my guy, who's playing again for the Eagles, loves playing for the Eagles. They're playing in Dallas. I feel like this is kind of – where he likes to come in and have a huge game. I'm not worried about the Eagles' production, and honestly, this is probably not a popular opinion, but I think that this might allow the Eagles to take, be able to throw the ball downfield as much 
you know, they they for as awesome as Jalen Hurts is as a quarterback this year and has been, he still doesn't have a great ability to push the ball to like fades and stuff down the field. He can throw the ball far downfield, but to you know, timing routes and such downfield, he has not been able to do that. It's mostly over the middle of the field, off crossers and stuff, and then deep shot plays are where he makes his money. And then he's been able to run the ball. Obviously, they're losing that with Minshew. But I think Minshew allows them to maybe do some of more quick precision passing and then deep down the sidelines in the 15 to 25-yard range. The Cowboys have a bug going around because Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons have both been sick the last couple days. Micah's effort has been called into question. He might just be sick, and Trayvon's been taking advantage of a lot recently. And then their defensive end, Sam Williams, is out after he was in a car accident. I hope he's okay with a neck injury and a concussion. So that is the highly anticipated Eagles at Cowboys coming up this weekend. The Raiders play at Pittsburgh in what could be a very cool jersey game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be with Kenny Pickett after he had his second concussion. He's going to make it back into the starting lineup for the Steelers. And the Raiders are going to be without cornerback Rock Yassin out with a knee injury. That's a really cool name. R-O-C-K, Rock, last name Y-A hyphen S-I-N, very cool name, Rocky Sin. He's out, but now I know he's on the Raiders, and that's pretty. it fits the Raiders really well, too. And that'll be an interesting game. Probably an ugly game, but it'll look good. Green Bay plays at Miami, which is good for probably both teams. Nobody wants to play in Green Bay probably right now. It's, you know, I guess the Packers could talk themselves into that. It's an advantage, but nobody really wants to play in negative degree temperature. The Packers are going to be without David Bakhtiari again, who is finding new ways not to play after he's been out for quite a long time with an appendix injury. Remember Joe Burrow had that happen to him recently, and then there was a Lions lineman who came out and said that he played with an appendix injury, and then the next week as well he got it out in between and was able to still play. And I know there's a lot of complications that can happen, just seems like Bakhtiari is finding new and inventive ways to not get on the field with each passing week. And Miami's healthy. Denver, which, you know, this is, we're getting again towards the must win situation for all of these teams. As the, right now, Miami sits as the last playoff team in contention. If we go on to the Broncos, who are traveling to SoFi to take on the Rams. The Broncos are going to be without running back Chase Edmonds, who could practice, or no, he might actually be able to come back is what I meant to say. He might come back. He's slated to practice sometime before Sunday and could make an appearance. Randy Gregory is questionable with a knee injury. Russell Wilson may also be back in the lineup this week. And then for the Rams, their whole team has been out. I mean, even Wolford, their backup quarterback, is out. Uh, ben Skronik is now just has a calf injury. And then Aaron Donald is also, he has a small twist in his ankle or something, and he said he's probably out for the rest of the year. So it's literally going to be Baker against the world. 
They just, nobody wants to play for the Rams anymore, and I feel bad for McVay, and they don't even get their pick because the Lions get it. So the Lions are all happy that nobody's playing. I think Denver takes care of business. And again, this looked like a, what would be a fun game early on in the year. We have the AFC West Denver Broncos just adding Russell Wilson after everybody said they were quarterback away. They were the defending Super Bowl champs, the LA Rams, and this is just a dud of a game that not, I don't even think it'll be a good game. Like I think the, the Broncos might actually beat the crap out of them and for nothing. You know, there's just nothing, no stakes at all. Tampa Bay and Arizona will play and in Arizona, so I think the weather should be pretty good there. Vita Vea and Carl Nassib are out with a calf and respect or uh, peck injury, respectively. So that takes away from a lot of the Tampa Bay pass rush. Uh, their tackle, Don Smith, is also out with foot damage as well for the Bucks. And while Colt McCoy has a concussion and Kyler has a clean ACL, which means they probably only have to repair that, still not a small task for him to come back from that, but there isn't a bunch of other stuff that needs cleaned up. But that does mean Trace McSorley, McSorley is starting. So that pass rush, maybe Trace will be able to use his mobility to get himself some time and make things interesting. Cornerback Byron Murphy is out with a back strain for the cards. Rondale Moore is out with a groin injury. And then Ertz, we've talked about this before, he just had surgery for his ACL, MCL, and that might be the end of his career. So we'll see uh, if this ends up being anything. No Kyler Murray, no Colt McCoy. We got Trace McSorley against Tom Brady. He's been playing some weird matchups against other quarterbacks recently. I'm sure he's had weirder ones throughout the years, but he got Brock Purdy's first start. Now he's getting a Trace McSorley. So I think the NFL just really wants the Buccaneers in the playoffs because it's Tom Brady. And I think they'll make it. I really do. It's not hard because they're in the NFC South. It appears like nobody wants to win it, but I think they will. The Chargers take on the Colts in what I appear I assume will be an indoor game. Joey Bosa still not activated from his groin injury. And then their defensive end, Joe Gaziano, joins him on the IR. So, again, another pass rush that's really beat up. They The Colts are eliminated from contention. JT thought he might come back, and now he's probably on the IR for the rest of the year. After the Jags win, they've been officially eliminated, and so is Shaq Leonard after having neck surgery. He will be out as well. So I think this is a just clearly going to be a game where the Chargers need it. The Colts don't even really want it, and I think this will be – the Colts pretty handedly because right now the Chargers are in the playoffs fighting to maintain with the Ravens and Dolphins for that wild card position. And again, the Colts are only the third team eliminated from contention in the AFC. And that was our Monday night game. So now just real quick, we have the in the NBA, Anthony Davis is out with a foot sprain. He will most likely return in January. I think, you know, this, might not be a bad timing for the for them to lose the big fella out in L.A. I mean, he, he's going to miss time usually every year. That's, what, six weeks? and gives him enough time to really, if he were to stay healthy the rest of the year, I know the playoffs aren't for another couple months, but it would be big and probably prudent of them to make sure he's really ready to go so they can start to build some chemistry and try to improve their, their seeding 
as they go forward. Looking at the standings right now, the Lakers are at 13 and 19. They were at what 10 and 12 at one point, and then they're back on a three-game losing streak. So they're just trying to stay viable at this point. The Warriors are also starting to slip a little bit. Steph will be out for quite a while with, I believe, a shoulder injury, and they're on a two-game losing streak and three games under 500. The top of the West right now is actually the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Pelicans. Kind of a, a weird look there. The top of the East right now is the Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, which is kind of a surprise, but then Nets, Sixers, Knicks are the guys in the top six in the East. They look okay. My Heat, are they were just at 16-16. and 16. They lost most recently, and have, they're on a two-game losing streak to get to 15 or 16-17. and 17. So they just lost to the Bulls and the Pacers back-to-back. Uh, they, they're starting to get Jimmy back. He's only played for 21 of their 33 games. So he's missed a significant portion of the season so far. I think P.J. Walker being out. Not P.J. Walker, geez. P.J. Tucker being out uh, or being gone really has hurt them. I think he provided a lot with that 3 and D and being willing to take that shot. You know, they had that. They've always had a guy who, when it gets to the end of the shot clock, is okay with being the guy who chucks one up. And I think that the team is a little scared right now to for anyone to be that guy. I hope Tyler Hero starts to take that over. I don't know if he's as good necessarily as Jimmy Butler as a scorer, but he is definitely a better shooter, and he has the mentality of a scorer, and that goes a long way. Now, injured versus recovered. Injured, the NBA, Christmas Day, used to be the day that we'd all take a break from the NFL and sit down and watch one or two of the head marquee matchups. But this year of the NFL is putting games on Sunday as well, which, you know, it's not too much of a surprise, but it used to just kind of be understood that they wouldn't be doing that. And then four of the six teams that are playing on for the NFL that are playing on Christmas do have teams in the same city or area that are playing uh, for the NBA teams as well. So Miami is surprisingly not playing. The Heat are not playing on Christmas Day. But Green Bay, the Bucks are. Denver, the Suns are. L.A., the Lakers are. The Rams and Lakers. And then the or no, not Denver, the Nuggets, sorry, Nuggets and Broncos, and then Cardinals and Suns. So Tampa Bay does not have really a NBA team. There's no Florida basketball team playing. So the Tampa Bay and Miami are not in any um, competition, but four of the six are, and I think that's kind of funny because I know people will be watching the Packers over the Bucks that day. And then recovered, Dwayne Wade will probably – be in the Hall of Fame this year, which is pretty cool. He's my favorite player of all time, and I'm excited to for him to kind of get his – he's always kind of been a good self-promoter, but, you know, I'm kind of ready for him to get those dues. And his coach, Eric Spolster, said, I know the Olympics will be a week or two later and he's helping coach, but we are going to take some time and go to the what he can only imagine is a party for the ages – so I know Dwayne is a big-time uh, host, and what what better reason to celebrate than just getting into the NBA Hall of Fame? I'm going to call it now and congratulate him on that. And it'll be a studded, star-studded class because I believe Tony Parker and uh, P- 
Pop. I don't know. They said Pop might be inducted, even though he's still going. So that would be cool, though. Injured. The Warriors, as we talked about earlier, they're without Curry and Draymond Green, so they're fragile right now. Three games under 500 in the West. They are a team who all they kind of have to do is make the playoffs. And, you know, I don't think the West is super strong right now. If you can make it, I mean, obviously you want to avoid the play-in games. And there might even be some better teams in the play-in games. You have the, the Jazz and the Mavs in the play-in games and the Blazers. Those are, you know, all formidable teams, whereas the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, I think, not that any of these teams are you want to sleep on, but I almost rather play them at this point in the season, even though they are significantly better record-wise. Injured, or sorry, recovered is heaven. They are going to have not just recovered, but they're going to be receiving a great receiver in Franco Harris, who he was the guy for the immaculate reception. He had the first touchdown in a Steelers playoff game, which started off there, and it was in their first playoff win in 1972, which now they since then have won six Super Bowls and are tied for the most all-time. And it was all kind of started with the immaculate reception, the unlikely heroics at the very end of the game for Franco Harris against for the Steelers. And uh, he passed away, So, but he will not soon be forgotten for what he has done. He did some very cool stuff in the community and for what he did on the field as well. Injured Peyton Bowen's word. He was originally a five-star safety. I think he was like number 14 player overall and committed to Notre Dame, who lost two big names. They lost Peyton Bowen and Keon Keeley, who was a five-star. He was like a top 10 recruit uh, defensive end who flipped to Alabama. But Peyton Bowen, a couple days before signing day, flipped to Oregon and said, please respect my decision. I'm going to Oregon. And then on signing day, flipped again to Oklahoma and said, please respect my decision. Apparently it was all NIL money that drove this decision, which I think we're going to see more and more often. But, uh, you know, he didn't even respect his own decision as he made his decision and broke it twice. So we'll see how this works out in the re the recruiting landscape. Um, I did see that on average... Texas receivers or commits have already signed deals on average for $275,000. Now, the Arch Manning kid might tip the scales there, but there are only, I think, five or so schools that have – here, I can read them. Actually, I have them in front of me. So the average NIL deal for Alabama is 150 Georgia's 106 Texas 275 and then there's one or so more. Tennessee is at 100 and USC is at 124. So that's those are the five schools that have an average of over 100,000. Ohio State's right there with 98. And then like Notre Dame's at 55. So there, it is going to be interesting to see who can adapt and who can muster out that money to get those high recruits. And then just some other notes from this recruiting stuff. There are only a couple schools with more than one five-star recruit from what I'm looking at we have USC has three 
Tennessee has two. Oregon has two. Oklahoma has three. Miami has three. Texas has three. And that is the most other than Alabama, who has seven. So of the however many, 20 or so, five stars I just mentioned, Alabama has about a third of them. And they have the highest graded class again this year. Again, this is according to On3DB, which I just found, you know, I was just typed in recruiting class rankings. And then if we just want to do the top 10 real quick, I'll just read them off. Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Miami. So these are all schools giving over 100000 in NIL. And then Ohio State's at 98. Oklahoma's at 94. And then... We start to get a little smaller with the rest of the top 10 with LSU at 68, Notre Dame at 55, who had a good class despite not getting all of the, uh, not getting a single five star, which, you know, they had two guys leave at the last minute. And then Oregon at 49 and Florida at 80. So I'm surprised that Oregon doesn't give more because of their association with Phil Knight. But maybe they just haven't got anybody that they feel is worth giving a big time Nike contract this early. Recovered is Hawk, the UT, Utah T recoverer. He made some big noise in the Independence Bowl a couple days ago. He run out on the field, grab the T for Utah. It's based on they had a guy back in the day named Mojo who used to do it, and his, his dad was a big fan of that. So when he got there, he said he wanted to do the same thing, and he just goes, he wears his, he's a big dude with long hair wears a shirt that says Hawk on the back, and he'll run out and grab the tee and then run off and give everybody high fives and stuff. And It is electric, and uh, it's cool that guys can be a part of that program even though they don't have maybe the athletic ability to you know, participate on the field. And then recovered, injured. I did recruiting already. I was going to do another thing on recruiting, but I just kind of talked about that the whole time. And recovered Louisville men's basketball after starting 0-9, won two its last four to get to 2-11. and 11. So since they fired Patino and had all the sanctions and everything, they are struggling. We watched, my friends and I watched their first win against, I believe it was Western Kentucky. So they squeak, squawk, squawk one out against Western Kentucky. And that was that. As we get into this weekend, good luck in your fantasy endeavors. And there's been a lot of unfortunate news with the weather and just personal matters going around as of late around this supposedly joyous time of year. So whatever you got, whoever's around, give them a squeeze. Keep them from getting injured mentally, physically, and otherwise. And have yourself a merry little Christmas. And I'll talk to you around the new year.